Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. This is your host, Martha Tyler. And this week, we are going to be talking taxes. And to do that, I have brought on Rainy Knight from Oh So Simply podcast, blog, Instagram account, YouTube channel, so many things. Hi, Rainy. Hi. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks. I'm super excited to be here. And we are talking about one of my heartthrob topics that I enjoy talking about. So (laughs) I'm so glad that you're here to heartthrob over it because it gives me um, small panic attacks every year. Uh, So I'm really glad that you're here. This is actually, (laughs) this is the first year that my taxes... um, have been straightforward and easy for me. And it's, it's made all the difference in my stress levels around this time of year. So that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like you are not alone. A lot of nannies get freaked out around tax season. I mean, a lot of people in general, but like specifically that come to me are nannies and they're like panicked and don't know what to do. (laughs) Yes. Cause it's confusing. I saw this meme that was like, um, the government knows exactly how much you're supposed to pay and yet we're supposed to guess. And if you get it wrong, it's jail. Is that, is that what we're doing here? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. And so I just, I'm really excited that you're here and that um, you're going to guide us through it. But Before we talk about taxes, I would love to hear your nanny journey. Well, a brief nanny journey explanation from yours truly, moi. Um, (laughs) Basically, I'm a nanny and I have been a nanny for about eight years now. I've always been around kids, raising kids, you know, the typical like how you became a nanny story. That's me. Um, But especially so with my younger brother, Um, because of my upbringing, I was more of a mom than a big sister, which I'm not, you know, upset about. I love the kid, but um, that's kind of what jumpstarted me into nannying. And then when I went to college, I was like, what do I want to (laughs) learn? Babies. So I went into early childhood education 
And that is kind of what kept me in this career. And especially once I realized like, wow, this could be a career and like, I make enough to live on. I was like, peace out corporate job, nanny life for me. So that's what I do. And now, um, a few years ago, I started Oso Simply to support and advocate for other nannies because being a career nanny is something that is not super talked about. And like, it's really hard to find the nanny niche community, like of nannies and nanny advocates. But when you do, it's giant, but it's hard to find it. And so I was like, I need to make a website so that when someone searches nanny help or nanny advice, they can find me. And then I can like spread them to other nannies and like, just try to get people more acclimated to knowing that there are nannies out there and we have real careers called being a nanny. (laughs) Yes. I appreciate that so much. And I agree with you that because one of the reasons that I started this podcast is because I was a nanny and I felt really isolated and, and like, I, um, didn't know, like, I didn't know who to turn to. I had my very small support network already, but I, for like bigger questions, I was like, I don't know who to ask these to. And once I started the podcast, I found all of these wonderful humans that are in the nanny community. Um, but it took, it took some digging. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does. And I feel like for me, when I was originally starting my blog, I was like, there are literally no nanny blogs. And it's like, cause if you Google nanny blog, nanny blogger, nanny advice, it's like care.com. That's it. And then you go, finally, I was like, what about Instagram? And I went on Instagram. You find the nanny community heavy on Instagram, but yeah, there's like not a lot of podcasts and not a lot of blogs. And so, but I'm glad because I think that since me originally, it was me and my husband that started Oh So Simply, but now it's just me and a couple other girls that support me. Um, but when we started it, since we've started it, now I've been able to network with so many nannies and I just feel way less isolated in my job. I feel more confident in like just a lot of aspects of my nanny career. So it's been great. Love that. Well, let's talk and nanny taxes. Um, because they are, they feel very confusing and overwhelming. And like, once, once you know about them, they're less, less confusing, so confusing, but less confusing. So what do we mean when we say that nannies are household employees? What does that mean? Yeah. So being a household employee means that you are working in someone's house and they are your boss. So like <laughs> you don't really make any choices or decisions you just go in, you do your work, you clock out. Like you could even have one of those little clock cards, you know, old school oh, style yes. clock in, clock out. That is your job. Um, and most nannies are household employees. There are a very few, very few mostly their NCSs that are independent contractors. Mm -hmm. And that is different, but most nannies are household employees, but there are very few, mostly newborn care specialists that are independent contractors. And then there are even fewer, the third option, if you're a nanny looking to file your nanny taxes, the third and even fewer option is 
being a nanny that owns your own business, whether that's the sole proprietor or you have like an LLC or like some kind of corp, those are your three options, household employee, independent contractor, or owning your own business. But most nannies are going to be W2 nannies, household employees. Right. And when, when a nanny family tries to pay you, not a W2, they try to consider you an independent contractor. Um, because I think that a lot of household employers think that nannies are contractors like Uber drivers, things like that. They think of it in the same vein. What makes it so that a nanny is not an independent contractor? Yeah. So I went ahead and got you a little quote C because I love me a good quote, especially from the IRS website, because those quotes be hard to find. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'll just read it to you. It says, the general rule is that an individual is an independent contractor if the payer has the right to control or direct only the result of the work, not what will be done or how it will be done. So the example is, and in real life, most case scenarios, the only nanny that's going to be an independent contractor is an NCS. The reason for that is NCSs, newborn care specialists, come in, tell you what they're going to do, tell you how they're going to do it, tell you when they will be doing it. And the family only gets to stipulate the result that they want to see. They don't get to stipulate anything else. They only get to say, I want my baby sleep trained. I want my baby on a feeding schedule. They don't get to stipulate any of the how or any of the what you're doing to get those results or any of the when. And so that's what makes them an independent contractor. Whereas most nannies don't do that. Right. They don't do that. Most nannies come in. The family says, this is what I want you here. This is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to watch my child. You're an employee. That's the biggest difference is the what and how you do it being dictated. That makes total sense. Um, and I, I do think that uh, a big part of the problem is lack of education around this. Like, even accountants. Like, yeah, I've had nanny families that have said, like, we checked with our accountant and that's not right. And I was like, I have checked with nannies that I trust and, yeah. and the IRS website. Yeah. And I will say it is hard to differentiate sometimes because I think the biggest mistake is that is the education, the lack of education. Also, let's be honest, while we love them, nanny families are sometimes just lazy and don't want to take responsibility that they should. (laughs) But also a big issue that I've seen and I experienced because before I owned my own business, So I'm one of those real rare ones because I have a whole other business going on. So I'm able to like umbrella this under there. But before I owned my own business, I was receiving 1099s and I didn't understand that there was anything wrong with it because after talking to a CPA, my CPA, I had two of them. I referred to them. They both said it was okay. But the problem was the way that I present myself as a nanny, it seems like I could fit the role of an independent contractor from a CPA's point of view, Mm. if they didn't realize like what was really happening in my contract. So I think it is a really fine line of like, 
whether or not you dictate the when and the how, because for me in the few freelance nanny positions that I accepted, I did come in and say, these are my working hours. If I come in and I don't want to work, or if I wake up and I don't want to work, I'm sending someone in, you say nothing about it. That is another big factor. If you are an independent contractor, one of the biggest telltale signs of that is that you can one day wake up, decide I'm not going to work. I'm calling my friend, Sarah. She's going into work for me. And the nanny family can do nothing about it. They can't complain. They can't fire you like nothing. That is like the biggest telltale sign of an independent contractor. And at the time, even though I was calling myself a nanny, cause I was a nanny, I was doing that. I had that in my contract where I told the parents, if I wake up one day and don't want to come, you've met my husband, he's coming in like I'm, and I don't have to give you any warning. And so that was why my CPA was like, well, you are an independent contractor. So it just kind of makes it a little confusing um, sometimes, but if your nanny family, which most aren't willing to do that, if they are willing to do that, you're an independent contractor, but most aren't willing to do that. And that's another telltale sign that you're probably a W2 household employee. Yeah. Yeah. And I would even say like, even if they are willing to do that, if they're telling you like, we want you to do meal prep and laundry and things like that, then they're telling you what to do as, Mm -hmm. and as well as where, because it's in-home care. So yeah, it is, it's a fine line, but definitely the, uh, the vast majority of people listening to this podcast, you are probably a W2 nanny. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> or you employ a W-2 nanny. Um, yeah. So what does it mean? Like, what is the difference tax-wise between a W-2 employee and a 1099? So quick disclaimer. Mm-hmm. We might want to move this to the front of the podcast. <laughs> sure. Um, I am not a personally, I'm not a CPA or tax professional. Um, and I'm only referring to taxes based on federally, but also then if you want to go state by state, I'm in Washington state. So those are the taxes I'm talking about. Those are the taxes I know. California, you guys have some weird laws. Oregon has a little bit of a weird law. I'm not talking about those. (laughs) Right. Yes. I will say this podcast episode, not tax advice, legally binding, none of that. We are not CPAs. This is our general understanding of taxes, please talk to a CPA about your actual questions. Yeah. Um, So that being said, the filing differences, a household employee at the end of the year, if you worked at Target or Bed Bath & Beyond, at the end of the year, you get sent a W-2. It tells you how much you made, how much the government stole from you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then like, that's what it tells you. (laughs) And you put that into, for example, a 1040 easy. If you have nothing else going for you, (laughs) and you just have a W2 job, you put it in a 1040 easy, slap in a few other random numbers. You're good to go. Super, super easy to file. You can file through like TurboTax for free. A lot of the times, if you're making low enough income, super easy. Um, an independent contractor, you will be receiving 1099s, which clarify how much income you made. And then you will file, they changed the form this year, but you will file a different form. And, but the 1099s will help you clarify what your income was for the year. 
And then if you have your own business, you will file your regular business taxes, whether you're a sole proprietor filing those under your social security number. Like if you were a nanny and you wanted to start a business, that's what I would recommend. Um, but that's a whole different topic for a different time. Yep. But you would file your regular business taxes as regular business taxes. You wouldn't need a 1099 or a W-2 from anyone. Gotcha. Yeah. And my understanding is that, so if you, if you are given a 1099, then you are paying like none, none of the taxes were taken out of that Correct. throughout the year. So you are paying all of the taxes at once for that 1099. Yeah. So that's another big difference is that when you get your W-2, you see your income but then you see those numbers that are taken out for social security. You see those numbers that are taken out for um, your unemployment benefits, all of those benefits that they put aside automatically, basically mm-hmm. when you're an employee, those, the employer will be paying partially for those taxes. And then you only pay for your income taxes. Um, but if you do get to 99s, you pay your income taxes and, but you also pay some of those taxes to, put away your money for later. Yeah. And, and also with that, like they're taking taxes out throughout the year so that it's not like you have to pay one big lump sum, um, come tax season, but also your nanny family is matching, right? They're responsible for half of those taxes. Whereas with the 1099, you're paying all of the taxes. Yep. All at one time. Really, really stinks, folks. Because when I was first a nanny, I didn't understand any of this, and I've also been an actress and had to pay on that. Yeah, and it really stinks. So those ten ninety nine taxes sneak up on you. And gosh, for those of you listening that possibly file ten ninety nines or use ten ninety nines, those very, very few newborn care specialists <laughs> really are the only ones. Um, but for those of you that are filing those. I've done that too. And I recommend putting aside regularly, monthly, a little bit for taxes so that at the end of the year, when you're paying your own taxes, you don't get cut, like hurt, you know? Um, and also there are some other podcast episodes that I've done that talk more about what a business expense is, because when you are paying all of your own taxes, having the knowledge of business expenses that will help be tax write-offs. So you'll pay less in taxes. So that's also helpful to know for when you are having to pay for all your taxes. Yes, that is very helpful. So why, why should a nanny get paid on the books? We just talked about how, so that you don't have to pay that one big lump sum and that your nanny families match, but what are some other reasons getting paid on the books is a good idea? Well, first of all, it's legal. (laughs) Yep. That's the law. So let's start there. (laughs) Um, but also for the nanny getting paid on the books, first of all, you're a responsible adult, like own up to it. Come on people. (laughs) Um, and when you are a responsible adult, you will eventually need the benefits that come with being paid on the books, such as, um, you'll have a viable income for loans, you'll have legal employment history, you'll be able to get unemployment if ever there's another random pandemic. Right, um, so get... many nannies 
got hit with that. They weren't being paid on the books. And then pandemic hit, people had to let them go. And then they were like, what do I do now? Yeah. Especially if you weren't claiming any of your income. So like, Mm -hmm. I think we'll briefly touch on it later. Um, But while I'm thinking about it, Mm -hmm. if you don't get paid on the books, you can still claim income, but it doesn't necessarily count as employment. If you just claim it in the like miscellaneous income box on your 1040 easy, it doesn't count as, as employment. So you can't claim that you are making that income on your unemployment. So you will not get unemployment. And yeah, that will mess you up, especially during the pandemic when you're unemployed for it's been what a year, like Mm -hmm. it's a long thing. Yep. Yep. Also like if you want to get an apartment, get a car, get anything that you need proof of employment, proof of a paycheck, you need to be paid on the books because otherwise you can't do any of that stuff. Exactly. And there's also just like other perks, like having paid sick leave. You only get that if you're on the books or social security or Medicare benefits in your future. You only get those if you're on the books. So there's like all of these reasons for nannies that make it beneficial to be on the books. Why should families be on the books? First of all, once again, it's the law, people. (laughs) Yes. I mean, when you say that, like sometimes people don't realize, like, you know, you're, you're literally doing something illegal. Like you're a criminal, you're a criminal if you're not doing this. (laughs) Yes. Like people just don't, I don't know. Anyways. (laughs) Um, but mainly for nanny families, it gives them and their nannies a sense of security because let's be real for a second. Any nanny that's listening to this, is going to quickly realize that they're going to now start like starting today, they're going to take the first step to get paid on the books. So as a nanny family, if you are not paying your nannies on the books right now, starting today, you have the possibility of losing them as your nanny because it's the law and they want what they deserve. So you have that security when you're paying your nanny on the books, Mm -hmm. but also you have that soundness of mind because you won't have the IRS coming after you, you know, uncle Sam, he lurks. Okay. So you could get hit with some serious fees and penalties and just like a nightmare of paperwork. If you get audited and they find out that you haven't been doing this correctly. Yes. And my understanding is that saying we didn't know doesn't do anything. Um, (laughs) yeah or even I think even saying like our CPA told us maybe the CPA also gets in trouble but I think you still get in trouble yeah you still get penalized um CPAs sign most CPAs in my experience when they're filing your taxes for you they have this like front page that says everything was provided to me and I'm filing to the best of my knowledge. So they're actually covering their butt and your butt will still be attacked if you're not doing what you should be legally. Um, And I will say that one of the things that kind of confuses me is that it's not even hard. Like it's not even hard to start paying your nanny on the books. And in fact, 
you don't even have to pay that much extra when you're having your nanny, your nanny on the books, because you can negotiate the nanny's rate based on how much you're going to have to pay in taxes to have this person be legit. So like you can factor in, you know, how much you're going to be paying in taxes, what you're going to be paying for payroll, all of that into your nanny budget. So when you're mentally preparing to hire a nanny, you go, okay, I want a nanny. I'm going to have to pay this amount for the payroll. I'm going to have to pay this amount in taxes. So this is my budget for hiring a nanny. Like you take all of those things into consideration so that when she comes to you with her rate, or when you go to your nanny family with your rate, they should hopefully take that into account and not be like caught off guard by the very minor extra expense of keeping you on the books. Yes. And it also just like legitimizes everything about it because you're right. Like a nanny that's listening to this and hasn't been being paid legally please do know your worth, like start making steps towards getting paid legally today. And if, you know, that means moving on to a different family, I would start with having the conversation with the family that you're with, obviously, if you're happy, but if that means moving on to a different family, that family loses out by not being willing to pay you on the books. Um, And I also, it is my understanding that the IRS, because they're federal, can go after like licenses and things. So you could be disbarred or your medical license can be taken away um, if you are caught up in tax fraud, which this could be tax fraud, depending on how long you've been doing it and how you've been doing it. So it's illegal. Don't do it. But exactly. are there any circumstances where it's appropriate to pay under the table? No. <laughs> nope. Great. Next question. I love those questions. They're so easy. Hello, nannies. This is Rory from Nannyist. Nannyist is the free web app for nannies. It's an honor for us to support this podcast and to support nannies around the world as they deliver essential care. See how Nannyist can support you in your career by visiting nannyist.com. That's N-A-N-N-I-E-S-T dot com. Thanks. And back to you, Martha. Yeah, and we've talked we've talked a lot about what the pros are of being paid legally. Is there anything that we forgot to touch on? Yeah, I was gonna say um, really quick, I thought of the fact that as a professional nanny, which honestly, I have been listening to your podcast side note, um, (laughs) hashtag in love over here. Um, I've been listening to your podcast since I became a nanny and found you. Well, I became a nanny. And then a few years later, I found you. Uh Um, But I've been listening to your podcast ever since. And I will say that you are an advocate for nannies and an advocate for professional nannies. And that is exactly what I am too. It's like, I'm not just an advocate for nannies in general, but I'm an advocate for professional nannies. This is your career. So being paid legally, the biggest pro of that is that you're living up to your professional career goal. And, and when you're paid legally, you have proof of employment for future nanny jobs. You're able to climb the nanny ladder, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And especially if you're getting paid decent wages on the books, you'll be able to sustain your career long-term because you'll start being able to invest in yourself. But if you're not doing any of that, like you're not professional, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, if something does happen with your nanny family and you suddenly find yourself out of a job and you weren't getting paid legally, then you're just in such a vulnerable and awful place. And I don't want that for any nanny. Like that is so hard. And my heart broke when it happened to thousands of nannies at once when pandemic hit. So I I really do encourage you. I know that it takes bravery to have these conversations with families. Money is a touchy subject for so many people. Um, but this is well, well, well worth the conversation. Um, because it just, yeah, you are a professional nanny and the sooner that we all act like we are professional nannies and realize the power in that, um, the sooner we all like rise up together, which is just lovely taking those individual steps as a nanny, just like, you know, if one person recycles, it does make a difference. If one nanny gets paid on the books and stands up as a professional for her rights or his rights or their rights or their rights, or, or their. then it elevates <laughs> the whole industry. So together we can do it if we all individually do our part. Yes. Yes. If you can't. And I often say that, um, to myself and other nannies, Uh, If you can't do it for yourself, because I know nannies are caregivers at heart, that's what we do, um, do it for other nannies. You know what I mean? Like if your own intrinsic value isn't going to get you to cross that finish line, do it for other nannies because we all have to work together. Exactly. Um, Love it. Uh, Awesome. Okay. So I see so often around like... January to end of March, I see so many posts that are like, oh my gosh, I like worked like a little bit here and there for this family last year. And suddenly they're asking for my social security number because they want that sweet, sweet childcare tax write-off. What, what can nannies who weren't paid legally do or say to those families (sighs) I know it's so frustrating because this is a podcast you cannot see the look of disgust and shame that is across my face right now (laughs) yeah but let me tell you it's there (laughs) it is and I will confirm it because I can't see it Uh, (laughs) because this is so annoying okay this is where you get those families whether they're intentional or not that are just being a little slimy Mm -hmm. because they're trying to get benefit from having hired you, but not actually doing it the right way. So the short answer to this question is don't give them your social security number, right? They do not need your social security number. If they'd like to claim that sweet, sweet childcare Um, tax write-off, then they also need to claim you as their sweet, sweet employee. 
and they need to give you a W-2. So And they need to have paid back taxes on everything that they are trying to get your social security number for. Exactly. So that is the short answer is just don't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But because this is like a retroactive question, if this is the situation that you currently find yourself in, the dream world would be to have discussed this in the interview. Um, mm-hmm. But if you didn't do that, you can say that as a household employee, I should receive a W-2. I need it by January 31st or February 15th at the latest to properly file my taxes. It's super simple. Literally, you can quote me. You can, you don't even have to quote me. You can scrub through this podcast episode Find where I just said that and just press play and let them listen to my voice telling them that for you, if you want. (laughs) I love that idea. You should all do that. Um, I most often see it as text though. So you can just text to speech that section of the podcast, get it in there. (laughs) You don't even have to type it. Exactly. And it's important that you do that because whatever they're doing with their taxes, frankly, it's their business. Mm-hmm. You know, if they mess up, it's on them. If they not do your it circus, right, that's also monkeys. on them. Like, exactly. Oh my gosh. You're like the first, like, I use that phrase all the time. And people are like, what are you saying? <gasps> oh my gosh. I oh. got my mom and I matching sweatshirts when she retired from second grade. She was teaching second grade for years and years and she retired. And so I got her a sweatshirt that said, not my circus, not my monkeys. I I love that. Oh my word. But yes, it's not, it's, yeah, it's not your circus. It's not your monkeys. You don't have to, you don't have to take care of them. Yep. Yeah. And so for your taxes to be legal and proper and upright, um, what you can do if you send that and if you contact them and they say, we're not giving you a W-2 period, well, then you tried, you tried your hardest and you still need to legally file your own taxes. So you are going to go and you're going to get form 4852, 4852. That is the form that you will do. It is a W-2 substitute. And that will be the way that you can file your taxes legally without having a W-2. The con for that is that that sassy little family that said no to you is now going to have to answer to the IRS because when you submit that form, the IRS will go after that family, ask them questions and make them pay, like actually pay money, not like pay like the mafia, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, but they will make them pay. So like, just know that you do want to try to contact your nanny family before you just like run over to this form (laughs) because they will get in trouble when you fill out this form, because when you fill out this form, you're saying to the IRS, I called, I tried to contact them a lot, a lot, and they didn't want to give me a W-2. So I still want to be a good citizen and keep my stuff, you know, above sea level. And so this is how you, this is how I had to do it. Yes. That should be a last resort, not your first move. If you have never talked to your family about paying you legally, it would not be fair to make that move. But yes, if you've tried and you've told them this is the legal way to do it and they've said no, then, and you choose to continue to be in their employ, 
um, then yeah, that sounds great. I didn't know about that. So thank you. Yeah. And, and you don't even have to be a current employee for that to work too. So that's kind of nice. So like, if you, you know, for that nanny that did some odd and in jobs here and there, like earlier in the year, and then you no longer have contact with them and you know, Oh, but you have them on Instagram because they followed your nanny Instagram account. So then you DM them and you're like, Hey friend, I need a W2. And they're like, no, I don't even know who you are. And then you're like, well, fine then (laughs) I still have to file my taxes. So you don't actually have to be currently working with them to be able to file that form. Wow. That is, yeah, that's great. And I do, I think that that is because I have seen people have posted screenshots of text conversations and like all the names are blurred out, but nanny families, sometimes when they ask for that social security number to get the childcare discount on their taxes, sometimes they get really, really mean when nannies say no. And so if you say, you know, I'm not going to give you my social security number because we needed to have been paid legally. Um, and that requires a W-2 when you play them, what Rainey just said, um, then, and you can ask, like you could say in order to do that, we would need to go back and you would need to retroactively pay me all of these taxes, et cetera, et cetera. If they still say no, then yes, that is your time to go (laughs) file with the, what, what was the number one more time? The 4852, 4852. Love it. Yes. That would be a great time to file that way. Um, because you've tried (laughs) and it seems like they're going to try to claim you on their taxes. So why not make it legal? Yeah. Okay. What if they give you a 1099? What should you do then? If you, if you haven't had the conversation and you're just handed a 1099. Yeah. So if that didn't come up in the interview, we'll get to you later. Um, (laughs) then you want to clarify for next time, first and foremost, say, Oh, this is happening. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I was under the impression I'd be getting a W2 for this coming tax season. Let's start doing it that way. But what you can do now so that they don't have to retroactively do anything different, um, is that you can file a different form that will say, it basically says, Hey, I got this 1099. I wasn't supposed to, but it wasn't really, it was just a misunderstanding. Like it wasn't anyone's fault. Nobody should get in trouble for that. So you file form 8919-8919. So that one will kind of clear the air to the IRS that like, it was just a misunderstanding. Like I I still love them. They're still my people. We're going to do it on the books next time, just the right way, because you know, we didn't know any better, but that kind of tells the IRS, like, I'm still living up to my obligation as a citizen, a law-abiding citizen. And so I'm still going to let you know that I did make this money and they're still going to let you know that they did pay me this money, but we're going to put it on some different forms next time so that it's more legit and just easier to file. Yeah, that's great. I've, I've not heard of any of these extra forms because I am now paid legally because- I make sure to talk about it in the interview, which let's talk about that right now. So when you are interviewing for a new job, like what are some things that you need to ask 
to make sure that you're set up for success? Yeah. So in the interview, there are a long list of questions that nanny families like to ask nannies. I always say as a professional nanny, you are interviewing your nanny family as much as they're interviewing you, which means that you need to have an equally, if not longer list of questions for them on your interview. So to make that easy, just because there are, there is a long list of questions. I have a contract questionnaire. You literally take it with you. And like, if you feel like it's a good fit, you know, you go over the basics, like when am I supposed to be here? What am I going to be doing? How old is this kid? Does he have any food allergies? I mean, there's some basic ones in there, but if you didn't cover all of your questions in that questionnaire, you literally just go over it with them right there. And you're like, I need to have these answers to put into my contract, which I'm going to draft up and then have you sign my first day of work. And that'll be the beginning of my trial period with a cute smile. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in that questionnaire, you always ask about invoicing, how they want you to invoice, how often you'll be getting paid and who's responsible for the taxes. That's when you clarify on that interview, you can ask them directly who's going to be responsible for these taxes. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't want options given, because unlike me, you're not a business owner and you don't have the preference of, or the option of being a business owner or a W2 nanny, you're going to want to just tell them right then on the interview, Hey, I want to be paid on the books. I want to be a household employee. Here's how you go about doing that. So you can give them the tools that they need so that you make it easy for them because I will be honest, most people that are hiring a nanny don't realize that they're going to become household employers. Like that doesn't go through their head. They're just like, oh, I'm going to have this person come and babysit for me. Okay. Well, most babysitters don't get paid on the books because they're like 15 year old kids. And so when you're a nanny, they don't realize like, this is her career. She's an adult. She needs unemployment benefits. She needs Medicare and social security benefits. Like they don't think about that sometimes. And so you can give them the tools that they need, give them the resources like, um, homework solutions, what, yeah, like homework solutions, like what payroll services they could use and just help them understand that it's going to be a super easy process for them to join. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, if they are hiring a professional nanny, the, like you were saying earlier, the, the difference between like, paying for a payroll service, paying a nanny on the books should be factored into what they're planning to pay you. So if you are at the interview and you can tell that you're blowing their mind that they're about to be a household employee or employer um, and they have no idea, then that might, you might need to revisit (laughs) Like let them sit with it and revisit what they can afford to pay. Um, Because it it might be different with all of that in mind. Yeah. And that's totally fair because you want to have a happy working relationship, nanny family relationship. So that's definitely fair. Um, And then also if you didn't do that at the interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah so what if, if you're you, in a position, cause I, I, I know that this is so many nannies out there. You're already in a position you're not being paid legally. What can you do? Yeah. So 
I once again give you a little quote from Rainy. If you want to just go ahead and record this into your voice to text. <laughs> um, but it's super simple. Just I've recently decided to make nannying my career. So I'm stepping up my professional game with contracts, invoices, the whole shebang. I went ahead and drafted up a contract for us that has everything included that I've been doing. And I also included a compensation and taxes section that clarifies tax responsibilities for the end of this tax year. Can you go ahead and look this over and sign it by my next working day? You don't even have to talk about how much they're about to pay in nanny taxes or in the payroll service. You don't have to talk about the fact that they'll be paying more because you're not taking a pay cut for this because that's all written in your contract. Like you don't have to talk about any of that. But by giving them that contract, you're giving them that time and that space to think about it. And then they can not just give you a gut reaction, which might be more negative than you're hoping. Yes. Yes. I, I also think that you can say, and I, I've heard nannies do this because this is the second nanny taxes podcast I've done because it, it is such a big issue in our industry. Like it's such a huge issue, but you can play this episode for them recommend this episode because then it's rainy and martha hey nanny families we're talking to you like instead of the same way that we use timers with children um and then it's the timer's (laughs) fault it's rainy and martha's fault folks we'll take that blame but it's also the irs and the law's fault because it is the law it's how it's it's against the law to not do it this way. And it just blows my mind how some people really struggle with that concept. Yeah. Um, and I feel like too, I had a nanny recently in a mentoring session with me in this exact position. And I literally quoted her the same paragraph. I keep these quotes handy, you guys, just in case you ever need me to repeat it. Um, <laughs> but she said that, she was nervous. And what if they said, no, they weren't willing to do it that way. And I told her very clearly with as much compassion as I could walk the other way. Mm -hmm. Like do not stay with a nanny family that is willing to, first of all, be a criminal. Second of all, take advantage of you essentially, because they're not giving you the benefits that not only you want, but deserve. Mm -hmm. And they don't appreciate you as a nanny. If they're not willing to invest in you as their nanny, you should not be sweating it that you can no longer invest in their child. Like they are making that decision for you. They're deciding for you that this isn't the job for you when they say no to paying you on the books. Yeah. Yep. And I would say if you are feeling nervous, you could potentially start scouting the market before you have this conversation so that you, you know, start having options. Um, because then once they say no, you can just get started right away <laughs> finding a different family who will pay you legally. Yeah. Um, yes. And I, I, we have, you know, kind of kept it light and joking, but if you are a nanny family that's listening and you don't pay legally, it really is a disservice to your nanny and to you. So 
please consider our words and please don't hear this and think, I know that I can't control your thoughts, but don't think to yourself, well, we've gotten away with it this long because that's not, that's not okay. It's not okay to pay a nanny illegally, especially if that nanny comes to you, if he, she, or they come to you and say, I want to be paid legally, then do it. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what resources can a nanny find to help learn more about nanny taxes? Cause you know, like we said at the beginning, this is not, uh, this is not, not, neither of us are CPAs, neither of us are tax experts. So this is to the best of our knowledge, setting you on the road to success. Where can they turn for even more help? So there's obviously homework solutions. They have a ton of free resources talking about nanny taxes, like so many free resources. And I've talked to her. She's super awesome. They're, um, is her name Rachel? I think it is. Yeah. I've talked to Rachel. She's awesome. You can literally put in your phone number and say, I want a call because I have questions and she will call you. She is the person that will call you back Wow. and you get to talk to Rachel and she's awesome. And I love her. She was actually also another resource is, um, shenanigans. She recently Mm -hmm. did a podcast on taxes with shenanigans and it was good. Um, and I know that you have another tax podcast. Mm -hmm. I just came out with a tax with me video where I show you, um, more of how to keep track of your business expenses and income for taxes. But also I have other articles that talk more about nanny taxes and they link you straight to some of the dark black hole that is the IRS website so that you don't have to scour it yourself. (laughs) So (laughs) there are tons of resources out there. Honestly, at this point, if you put into the search for a podcast or YouTube nanny taxes, there are now a lot of resources that will come up that are accurate. Wonderful. That that's great to hear. And yes, homework solutions. What a godsend. It's um, like even just the, the calculator, the um, calculator to see what you will actually be taking home every week. So helpful when looking for a job because you're like, I don't know. And there is a certain level that it's like, if you bump up, you know, the extra dollar, then it's like, oh, actually I'm taking home the exact same amount. <laughs> this just, this extra dollar means I'm just giving the government more money. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you can, you can figure all of that out and see what will work for your budget, which is yeah. wonderful. Um, I really hope this rain isn't going to ruin the podcast because it is raining hard right now over here. I can't hear it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. So is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? No, not particularly. Just a reminder that while there are three ways to file your taxes as a nanny, most nannies will be filing a W-2. Love that. And it's so true. Um, 
And yes, nannies who are out there, please do have these hard conversations because you're helping all of us. Each nanny that has one of these hard conversations is helping all nannies. So please have the conversation. I know it's hard. Rainy and I are here for you. Listen to us as you're walking in to have the conversation, but it's important to do. um, And we support you. We're here for you. We are. And you're a rock star and you are a professional nanny. So let's do this. Wonderful. Well, where can listeners find out more about you, Rainy? And oh, so simply. So there will be a few links in this podcast. <laughs> yes. um, but you can find me on my website, oh, so simply and that's.com mm-hmm. and you can find me on youtube oh so simply and my social media is os simply the letter o the letter s simply so that is where you can find me i'm around i'm hanging out um so another resource is that specifically i offer hard plug haha <laughs> Um, is that I have all of my tax trackers and contracts and the contract questionnaire that I mentioned earlier. All of that is in my complete nanny binder, which is up on Etsy. You can download it, the PDF version, um, which is on Etsy, but you can get to that also on my website, ososimply.com slash shop. And there's a downloadable one, but I also recently launched the physical copy of the nanny binder that I will be shipping to you if you so choose not to set up your own nanny binder to make it just that much easier for you. And if you need some confidence, listen to Martha's voice, listen to my voice in this podcast. But also if you're like, nah, girl, I'm still not sure about that. I do have mentoring sessions and I am all about encouraging confidence in professional nannies. So you come to me with your questions. I will give you the pep talk of a lifetime. You will walk away from that so confident and just like a whole nother person. Um, and I have the mentoring sessions. You can get those access to those also over on my shop at ososimply.com slash shop. Love it. Yeah. All of that's linked down in the show notes as well. Beautiful. Um, wonderful. Okay. We end each episode with a fun, cute story and Rainy has brought one. Yeah. So recently I was reading this experience of a friend of mine And her nanny kid is so sweet and they like have a blast together all the time. And so they were chatting about her day and kind of her schedule, her weekly schedule. And he realized that she didn't mention work at all. She just mentioned visiting him. And he was like, wait a second, what do you, what's your work? Don't you have a job? Like he didn't realize that he was her job. (laughs) That is so cute and funny. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, I, (laughs) I love that so much. I think I saw a nanny post once that her nanny kid like told her that she should work at Chili's because (laughs) they were like, you don't like, you don't have a job. You should work at Chili's. And I think it wasn't like, it was like legit, like what a cool job you could have at Chili's. (laughs) Yeah. I just love when kids don't realize like, no, 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 
you are my job. Yes. This, this <laughs> like, is I my love job. you, but I get paid for this. <laughs> yes. And it's like, of course you never have the heart to tell them that. Like, by the way, you're my paycheck. Like, oh man. It's a, yes. I love that so much, especially like watching them figure it out. Like, wait, she spends all of her time with me. <laughs> um, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was, um, this was a blast. Let's do it again. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Yeah. We will have to do it soon. Love it. All right. Thank you, Rainy, for spending time with us. Thank and, you. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. I love providing Chronicles of Nania to you at no cost. So if you love this podcast, please consider donating by clicking the support the show link in the show notes. I also totally understand if a donation isn't the way you can show your support right now. Another excellent way to support the podcast is to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings help other nannies and caregivers around the world find Chronicles of Nania. Also, if you love the show, tell your friends. Word of mouth is so helpful to get the word out about the podcast. And truly, thank you for listening. It really means the world to me. The Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Tyler. Artwork by Noni Blastodon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudios.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details.